The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Kev, a few weeks ago I was ready to put the thumb screws on you. I no longer need to because we know the XH2 is out. And actually, while we're recording this, while we're recording this, the summit is officially announcing it. It is. Right this particular second, it is now 2.18pm. Can I put the thumb screws on you anyway, just for fun? <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah. Ow, <laughs> so, ow. So you you've been using it then. You've had this toy in your hands, so to speak. I, I, I did have it for um a couple of days about oh, I don't know, two months ago. So it was a very early prototype. Yeah. That I was sent for a couple of days and uh it, it so it didn't have uh late, last latest firmware or anything like that. No. But I have to say, even though, and I'll caveat this with, I still do not like the form factor. I was about to ask you about that, yeah, but so uh, that's covered. I never have. <laughs> no, um, no, no. And that, that's just me. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's a lot of people that will. It's got yeah. this new funky grip and everything. I've got to say, though, the the performance is just out of this world. You are, you know. you are very close to saying that you're going to shoot with them, aren't you? I, I Well, <laughs> potentially. I mean, I can see this coupled with the X-T4 as being yeah. quite a uh, a combination. But, uh, you know, for kind of, the, so I've got quite a bit of stuff coming up for the great run company and all that yeah. kind of stuff, sports stuff. That's, that's where it's going to be great for me. Yeah. You know, I have to say that the, um, you know, the, so there's two, there's going to be two models of the XH2. So the one they've released today or that announced today is XH2S, which yeah. I think is, it's a little bit confusing, even for my muddled brain is, uh, one aimed at sports speed and kind of it'll do 40 frames per second yeah. it'll do unlimited burst in you know it's just an insane machine it'll do unlimited video so for, for the for the social photographers this is probably the one they want isn't it yeah my yeah. understanding is that the next one that they will potentially announce yeah. um and that, and that i'm kind of going by this on the rumor mill is going to be more aimed at uh, we'll have a kind of bigger larger sensor that kind of thing hopefully yeah. i think yeah. that's that's kind of ultimately what's happening but this one the one that's announced today for all of those that have kind of flip-flopped between fujifilm Sony, this and that, and whatever, and, and you know, ultimately chasing the frames per second, yeah. then uh, this might be a bit of a head turner for them. Yeah, I the I took it up the stables, um, I stuck the face recognition on Alby, and I shot about eighty frames, and uh, it did not miss a beat, and he was kicking the ball up and down, going around, didn't miss one single shot of him. The Fuji cast, it's amazing, wow, blimey, and he was in in frame for every single one, was he, or wasn't? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I haven't oh, actually okay. looked through all of them, but yeah, I mean, I, I've just chucked them into a Premiere Pro timeline and yeah. made a little yeah. film out of it, and yeah, it looks great. It's like a film. Like, what do you mean it's like a film? Oh, I, I suppose when you join it all together, yeah. Oh, well, there we yeah. go. The, the XH2 at last. We have the. We how many megapox <laughs> megapoxels? I've got pox on the on the brain now. Oh God! The last thing you want, um, me- megapixels. How many me- megawatts have we got there, Kev? On this one, it's still uh, it's still twenty six. Right, no, okay. twenty six point one six technically. Right. Um, but it's you know it's a new processor and double speed processing and I- ISO brilliance and uh, it's got animal eye detection and human eye detection and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And the um, and the grip that Mullins didn't want, but he's gradually beginning to like. I said not so much I the said. grip; it's the shutter button. I don't oh, I don't particularly button. like it on my um, GFX either. But right. 
Well, welcome to the FujiCast. Here we are, another month. Uh, you and your questions from our electronic mailbag and, of course, uh, through the FujiCast private Facebook group that you're welcome to become a part of. If you want to send an email in, you send it to click at fujicast.co.uk. Facebook, of course, in the uh, the pin post at the top. If you're not a Fujifilm shooter, don't... Don't what I was about. Don't threat. Don't fret. It's a big community, and whatever flavour you shoot, you're very, very welcome. This week, you what? Oh, fret. Yeah, that's not that sort of fret. Um, This week we have Kev's book of the week, or or this month, uh, the new Sandra Catania Ordano one. Um, Now she had the was the book about was a fantastic sort of um, it was a a gold kind of finish to it, wasn't it? The the Brazilian the beaches book, wasn't it? Which, yeah, which was lovely. Uh, this is a kind of similar, similar kind of process, if you like, in yeah. terms of the editing and stuff. But it's a very different, different, different implementation. She's a very, very skilled photographer. She is. Yeah. We'll talk later when we get. I, to I really like the idea as well that she she sort of came to photography later on in life, but doesn't care two hoots for that. She's like, I've got lots to do. Let me just get on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Glyn Dewis is our guest. Um, you've been on a, haven't you been on a few? Glenn Dewis courses? No, I don't think I have. But oh. However, I have sat in many times. He's he's usually the the top billing at these talks, you know, yeah. camera clubs and things like that. And I'm usually kind of behind him. So yeah, I've been there and, and watched many of his. He's a phenomenal photographer, but yeah. also an incredible kind of Adobe retoucher and everything. So is, we'll, is we'll he is, is he more retoucher these days than photographer, or is it fifty fifty? Or well, you'll have to wait and see because that's one of the questions I ask him. Oh, okay. <laughs> There you go. Spoiler, spoiler. Mm-hmm. So we've got some. We probably have got some Patreon business to do. Then we will talk about the upcoming live show. Well, well, as a live show, and then we'll dig into your letters. Should we, should we start with Patreon though? Because we've got a yes, few. Yes, we few shall there. indeed. Thank you so much for uh, all three of you that have added <laughs> added to the Patreon list in the last uh, month. That's three more than we had last month, though, Kev. Correct. Yes, yeah, although yeah. we have lost a couple. But there you go. Yes, no no dramas. Uh, Scott Carney, Dave Boam, and Paul Berry. Thank you very very much. Much obliged. Yeah. Um, my kids are very happy. If you probably just heard them walking in through my door because <laughs> they're on uh, half oh, they're term. They're on half term, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. What will they come for money? Uh, they probably come for money, yeah, something or other. Yeah, Albie's just fallen off a slide or something. He just oh, wrote no. texted me. I winded myself. Do you need to go and deal with it, Kev? Or you, you no, no, no. I said, get a grip. I'm going on the podcast. <laughs> There's parenting. Get a grip. Stop <laughs> He's going to have fallen off then, if he? Would he? Have he got a grip properly? That's true. Um, have we got any bump to the front? We have got a bump to the front, so we'll do that in a second. From Michael Honkomp. But uh, first of all, the As Live show which is, is that next week now, Kev? Yeah, when this goes out, it's next week, Kev. Next 16th week. 16th of June. Don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. It's next week, oh my word. Hasn't that crept yeah. up quickly? 16th of June, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so ticket, there are still a, a few tickets available. In fact, there's, there's you know, you. I think we'll be fine for tickets. There are a handful of people who kind of purchase tickets, yeah. although it's free. When I say purchase, I mean, went through the rigmarole of purchasing it and, and can no longer come. So there are still tickets available if you wish to come. 16th of June. <laughs> we are you were right you called this by the way we are going to do a uh, photo walk in the morning um however there may be 75 of us so um, <laughs> it might turn into some kind of uh, political rally or March, something yeah look uh, so we will we'll yeah. have to split up so that that's the plan in the morning 11 o'clock ish at the house of photography of course on long acre in london and of course the xh2 
guess will be available then for you to touch and try and yeah. maybe even pre-order perhaps yeah. who knows yeah. along with the other stuff that they are um, I believe announcing today which might be new lenses zoom lenses 18 120 <laughs> you will think. know you will know by the time this goes out 150 to 600 yeah. and I think uh, I'm hoping I don't actually know this for sure because obviously they're doing the X summit right now and so I can't watch that otherwise we'll have a load of stuff going on in the background <laughs> but I'm really hoping that the the new 56 mil would have been added oh, Kev, to the you lens know. You, you know about this. I don't. I honest. I swear. I do don't not know. pretend you don't know. I swear. Thumbscrews, thumb thumb screws, please. Bring it over to Mullins. I swear I do not know. And it's certainly not being announced today, but if it makes a roadmap, then I'll be happy. Yeah. If it makes a roadmap, that means it'll be coming soon. And my little spidey senses tells me that it will be on the roadmap and um, possibly also a new macro lens and also a very wide angle, mm. seven or eight mil or something like that. Well, I tell, um, I, I tell, you, I tell you what, you can get in line for the XH2 when it it comes to pre-ordering because i've been talking about that for years uh, uh you know what so it's got uh it uses a sd card as well as a cf card so the cf card will allow you to do your 6k video it does it's unlimited video as well it's it's just looks like uh it's got full-size hdmi as well Woo-hoo, finally yeah. which is just going to be pretty impressive honestly i think whether it's the whether it's a camera i would use particularly that much bearing in mind i don't kind of um i don't want to use that term spray and pray at weddings but you know some people shoot a lot more than i do and that's absolutely fine i think they're going to look at this and think my god i can just click on face detection or at some weddings animal detection well, yeah, but, but then, and, and just uh, it's, it's, press it, the button and watch it's not it's <laughs> not about necessarily the spray and pray thing it's the whole new sensor isn't it the technology of uh, of uh, the autofocus as well isn't it yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's like i said i only had basically about 48 hours or so with it yeah. um and I, I couldn't take it to a wedding i could well actually it did fall over a wedding that i had but unfortunately the wedding was for another wedding photographer and a oh. lot of the guests at the, at the wedding <laughs> were <laughs> the photographers so i couldn't exactly oh, you know like pull it. this thing out at yeah, a wedding no, um, no, no, not no, that no. i really like using early prototypes at weddings anyway yeah look so i do have it's just come up because it's just been announced. So I will just uh, yeah. just run through it. So extra, CMOS 5 HS is the new sensor. Inher- sensor inherits the previous mo- model's back-illuminated star, but also adopts the stack layer. So it's a stack sensor, first time uh, to become the first stacked APS-C sensor capable of quadrupling. Do you know what, what's quadrupling in numbers? Do you know how many that is? Two ducks and a sunbed we'll call, in Mallorca. We'll, we'll, we'll call no it four. Idea, <laughs> quadrupling the speed so four oh, times oh, wait, uh, yeah four times sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, i thought you were doing something more complicated than that yeah, so i could have four, said four times yeah <laughs> four times faster than the current model which of course is the x one. i thought you were really trying cool. to add up the actual um <laughs> i was thinking well i don't know the the megapixels as they are all right so but it's got it includes uh up to 40 frames per second blackout free burst mode amazing <laughs> significantly better af rate during yeah. continuous shooting as yeah. for video performance the sensor can record as yeah. 4k 60p video without cropping Ooh, that's good that is and substantially impossible. reduced rolling shutter effect um i thought rolling shutter was 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 negligible to say yeah i mean it still existed didn't it but it's it was it has been getting a lot better yeah, yeah. the stack sensor will we'll kind of deal with that i think uh, the use of AI processor, and there you go, all these people who've been saying, oh, mobile phones got AI. Well, no, your XH2S has got AI in it as well. Yeah. Processor enables subject detection AF, tracking a targeted subject with increased accuracy in video. The processor enables filming 4, colon 2, colon 2, 10-bit video at 6.2K 30, uh, 30p and 120p 4K and supports a variety of codecs, including Apple ProRes. Woohoo, there wow. we go. Um, Can I make you a cup of tea in the morning? 
<laughs> yeah, it might make you a cup of tea in the morning, yeah. It's getting very close to that thing that you wanted, Kev, that actually edits your stuff as you go along, um, yeah, uh, uploads in, it's ready to, to give to the clients within 10 minutes of shooting the shot. Yeah, uh, it looks amazing, I have to say. And, 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 you know, I have to say, when I did use it, I was... Uh, staggered by yeah. the by the capabilities of it i didn't do any filming no. didn't really do much more other than just point it at albie and the horses and some people at judo and and you see what happened yeah. anyway back to the point at the house of photography you will be able to get your hands on that thing and we will have the live recording in the afternoon and thereafter for those that wish we'll um, be able to uh come along to a pub i haven't been able to as per like so the last time we did this this is actually we, quite we, a, we, uh, bu- we booked a room it was literally with a week or two to go to Till we were told to stay inside wasn't it yeah that's right but yeah. i haven't been able to book a room so right. what we'll do is uh i think we'll just we'll probably go to the same place which was the um o'neill's and he'll never um, let 75 of us in kev no exactly <laughs> that's what they said when i they said how many might it be i said 75 and they said oh right okay so you can book the whole upstairs and that will cost oh i see right okay so i said yeah but then maybe a lot of them might not come yeah. and she said well why don't you just turn up <laughs> I oh, like, there we go. Oh, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, we'll do so, that. Yeah, we'll just turn up. So that will happen. And we will also have, of course, uh, Fuji Cass Scott Talent. Yeah. Um, have we got so anybody be- that's put themselves forward for that yet? Yeah, we've had four or five. Oh, good. So you do have a little bit longer. So this this episode will be airing today, which is Monday the 6th of June. Mm. So I will. we will have to do it. Mm. You've got a couple of days, basically, because yeah. I need to give the people who win time to prepare their presentation. Yeah. Um, so if you fancy a, a stint, we're going to do 10, 15 minutes. Two people will get the opportunity to stand up in front of us at the house of photography and more importantly stand up in front of the yeah. king andreas and all of his uh his princes and princesses um <laughs> and show us some of your work talk to us uh it doesn't have to be about anything specific right. wedding street personal work whatever does not matter yeah. um, the only way we can facilitate this though is by the facebook group there is a thread where you can uh you can put your your kind of synopsis in and then we will sometime this week do a little poll on facebook where people can say i want to listen to that one i want to listen to that yeah. one and we'll take the top two. I'm still a little bit concerned about the photo walk in the morning. What time is that happening, by the way? Uh, around 11. Around 11. Don't be concerned. Well, no, no, the only thing that concerns me is because, I mean, it'll be like the playground of old, really, when, when you know, you had two football teams and people were deciding who they wanted to go with. It's going to be it's going to be Kev's team all the way. You're going to have 70, you're going to have 74, Kev, and I'll have one person who feels <laughs> no, sorry have- for me. Uh, <laughs> Denver Aubrey has kindly put his hand up to take a group and we'll, oh, we'll, right, we'll, okay. basically, right, right. we'll basically split it up right. uh, it'll be fine and it's literally a photo walk it's nothing there's no kind of it's not a workshop or anything like that just no. a little trot around for an hour or so to take some pictures in a group and not get arrested <laughs> yes. bring your placards Right, should we do a bump to the front? Oh, do you know what H stands for? No, or, and I don't. Indeed, X H one. I, I would have just uh, read this. It stands for heavy duty. Oh, does it? Yeah, heavy duty. Oh, okay. He- heavy. Huh. Why is heavy it? I don't duty. understand why it's any heavier duty than a T in terms of the workings of the camera. Well, I do don't now because the X H two has been has, has sort of. They said. Yeah, rap- that's what they're saying on yeah. the um, okay. X summit. On the last X summit, I was on it. This X summit, I'm on podcast. <laughs> Things have changed. Oh, uh, yeah. How the mighty uh, fall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's unfair. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mike- but do you know what? I got a bad foot as well, right? Oh, have you? And I, re- I went to, I keep getting this bad foot. After I shoot weddings, I, so I This is not the gouty foot, is it? Is this the gouty foot? It can't be gout because I've just had nothing to 
have I just haven't had anything so bad. You've given so, up cheese, you've given up beer, wine. There's no there's no gouty foods left for you. It seems to be after every wedding. Does so it? I figured it must be either the way I'm driving or mm. my shoes. Mm. So I went to I hobbled along to Clark's this morning. Oh, are uh, you in the Clark's shoes now? And they go, <laughs> this this, uh, this four year old girl was working behind the counter, and oh, she she said, uh, "Oh yeah, we better we're gonna have to measure your feet." Oh, like, like, like okay. they used to when you were a kid. Yeah, exactly. So I thought, <laughs> okay, fine. So they do it with this funny thing now, they like do. a little yeah. trickle thing. Yeah. And she said, oh, yes, yeah, you're, you've got a special right foot. <laughs> <laughs> Were they her actual words? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, a special right foot? She said, yeah. right foot. <laughs> she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's what we call wedding photographer's foot. <laughs> so it was a left one. I was like, oh, right, okay, dear. brilliant. Yeah, so I'll just add that to my list of things that have fallen off and So have it. you had to pre-order your shoes now? Are they they specially sent off for? No, no, no. She's no, it's not that bad. She <laughs> she 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 went downstairs and and dusted off uh, the special shoes. So I bought and a gave you twenty quid pair of. Uh, have you one got the ones? Is it left the one- foot slightly different shaped? <laughs> is, is it the ones with the white um uh, the the sort of the white heel around them? No, no. these are these are posh shoes. I'm gonna have to wear them to weddings. No, no, uh, no. Yeah, but the the I bought Clark's. Um, I've gone back to clark's mm. for for weddings yeah i've gone back to sensible shoes yeah anybody in america is now thinking what are they talking about clark's is like an institution uh when you were a kid everybody got shoes from clark's we probably should do a photo question though shouldn't we um <laughs> michael hong kong we, have some, we had something else to talk about first didn't we i can't remember what it was well, that no, was it we've we've done the, done the meetup okay. we've done the um welcome aboard <laughs> Uh, patrons, and now we, we should do a bump to the front. All right, and I will keep an eye on the um, uh, on the accident in case anything yes. yeah. else comes up. Michael Hongkong. Hey there, gents. I was just listening to uh, episode 224, and I had a question on the discussion of P-Mode. While maybe this is obvious, I thought I'd still ask in case I am missing something. While most brands do have a P-Mode actually on the dial, most Fujifilm cameras don't. My new XE4 does, and it works really well. When you say P-Mode, does that simply translate to having ISO, he calls it aperitifs, and shutter speed to A, and then have your auto ISO set up to your preference and set the appropriate metering mode? So P-Mode basically means everything in auto. So on some of the cameras, there is a, on the, well, the ones that have a PASM dial, yeah. um, there is a P. Yes. All right. But on th- things like the X-Pro2 um, and the X100, there is no Oh, yeah, that's there's no yes, 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 yes. So you have to set the aperture ring to A, the ISO that's to right. auto, yep, 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 yep. shutter speed to A, and then you are in P mode. But it works Or right. A mode, as I like to call it in Fujifilm world. So I, like, I, I quite like the PASM dial. Oh, no, no, no. No? No, no, no. That, you know, one of the things that drew a lot of us to Fujifilm was that tactile nature of it. Mm. And so I will put my hand up and say, I don't like the PASM dial on all of the... I don't mind it. I can see why it works on things like the XT, or the XT20, the um, uh, kind of XH and all of that kind of stuff. But no, don't... If they ever came out with an X100 or X-Pro or XE or something like that with that didn't have the ability to control all three of those things at the touch of a single thumb movement, I would be one very unhappy XX photographer. <laughs> Oh, then you wouldn't want to see that. You sound like the Incredible Hulk there. <laughs> you, okay. I would say it's funny. I would say somebody said to me, "Imagine if they brought you back and then um, and then you left again. You'd be a triple X photographer." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kev, you're going back. I know you are. It's going to be like you're going to be like Tina Turner. You'll have more comebacks than Tina Turner, and she had a few comebacks to us. I remember going on one of hers, probably about 
30 years ago and she's still been having them since. Hasn't she? Yeah, Tina I saw Turner. Her concert. Very good. Great concert. Right, okay, questions. Go for the Facebook. Um, okay, Martin Ellard. This is, this is one week ago. No, I have to do the thing, sorry. Uh, the one from, the most recent one on the post, on the thread, is yeah. three days ago. John Almonte. Are you, uh, Ma- Ma- poor Martin Ellard was just about to get his question read out. <laughs> we'll get to him. He's, <laughs> okay. the, he's the next previous one. Sorry, Martin. Uh, uh, on the N, on the XH1 ISO dial, yeah. we can use A for either auto ISO or use the command dial. I like to use both often, but it can be tedious to have to go through the menu to switch it back and forth. I don't think I'll ever use H. Would it be hard for Fujifilm to do a firmware update to have the H have an option to be set to use the command dial for changing ISO? Why do I use it the same way? Can you not change the ISO on command dial then without going back into the menu and, and change the settings? You probably can, but I don't. No, well, he's saying you can't, and I don't use it, so I don't know. However, John, I'm fairly sure the answer probably will be XH2S. Yes, it will be yes. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, that's something to uh, perhaps if you are, I'm not sure if John is, at the, ex, uh, at the um, House of Photography, but you can ask yeah. Andrea. Try it, try it. Um, James Sauls, good morning. Well, it could be afternoon or evening. Hope you're both well. I wanted to ask about this year in terms of bookings for weddings. Uh, this is my first non-lockdown year at trying to be a full wedding photographer. Six weeks ago, I had the year wrapped up in terms of the minimum number of bookings needed. Then a wave of cancellations came in. Four in six weeks, three people could sadly no longer afford to get married and there was one breakup. My word, you're a bit unlucky, James which doesn't make you feel any better, I realise that. These cancellations prompted me to email all my bookings this year just to touch base. A couple of the bookings over the year are COVID movers, uh, so they've been around for a while and we've not spoken. All the replies now in, and I've uncovered two more weddings that have cancelled some time ago, but the couples hadn't actually told me. I live in a different world in terms of price and quality of my work versus you two absolute legends, he says. I don't know, James, about that. I'm Division 3. No, you're not. Uh, but are you seeing issues like this yourselves? I'm not sure if I now need to push out discounts to try and fill these gaps mm. or if it's normal that at the end of April you've still not filled up the year in terms of weddings. Well, on the last point, by the way, if it's normal at the end of April, I know we're coming up to June now, so this this question's been in the box for a month. I apologise. But on the last two, and I'm sure you'll, on the last question rather, and I'm sure you'll... Um, uh, you'll agree with this, Kev, that, that no longer is it um, you have to have everything booked 12 months to 18 months in advance to know what you're going to be as a wedding photographer because people are now doing it one month, two months, three months, four months in advance, aren't they? Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that landscape of photography and that, that sort of that, that, that sort of booking mechanism that used to exist is no, is no longer the same, is it? No, and, and also, first of all, I just wanted to say, James, you're certainly not Division 3 because James second shot for me once and he made mm. amazing pictures, yeah. so... Uh, yes, I don't know. I don't. I have not struggled with that cancellation problem. I have to say. Yeah. Um, I think you're just yes. unlucky, James, on this one. I, I don't think you'll probably ever have that again. No, I wouldn't say so. Um, I, without sounding too dismissive, I think you know there might be a a price element of things going on here in terms of you know if I don't know what James charges by the way, but let's just say it's nearer the bottom end of the market in terms of pricing. Then you're less likely if people do cancel, they're less likely to kind of call you and tell you because perhaps the deposit has been so low and all that kind of stuff might just yeah. go, from, go away from their mind. Yeah. Uh, if it's bigger numbers, then obviously they'll, they'll be more interested in getting deposit back and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't, I, no, no issues, no real issues, but you're right, Neil, that uh, we are getting inquiries for that one last week that was for the 22nd of June. Yeah. It's not unusual, is it? No. Um, so yeah, that's, that's happening quite a bit. 
Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, COVID has, has turned everything upside down, hasn't it? It's, yeah, very much. Yeah. On the, I know this isn't what James asked, but just in case it interests anybody with with regard cancellations, what's your policy, Kev, if somebody does cancel within the time that you could actually claim the entire amount of the wedding fee? Yeah, so my policy has always been um, if you cancel within... 90 days of the wedding itself then you you have to pay me the full amount um and then it, it kind of tears down from there so 120 yeah. days i think is 80 percent, etc etc but that said nobody i'm lucky enough to not have had to to kind of get into that that case yeah. i have had some people who've cancelled after paying the deposit and none of them have asked for the deposit back so yeah i, I just haven't been in that situation luckily isn't there the case that um is it 18 months ago that we went through this this thing where the wedding industry was was heavily quizzed about the, the cancellation policies that it has yeah, yeah so that was the covid thing wasn't it yeah, so yeah. the um mar- what they called the mark um competitions and marketing authority that that's it, it. Yeah, yeah. they took one of the very well known uh, venues um to court or not to court but but kind of investigated it yeah. they weren't giving their deposits back and then they drew a line and said no if you're a wedding supplier not just a venue if you're a wedding supplier you actually do have to give the deposit back apart from uh the equivalent in terms of money for time spent so yeah deposits don't really mean much in the uk at the moment so for example if somebody emails me today and says can we book and i say yeah and they and they say how do we do it i say send me 200 quid Uh, and they say great we'll just send it to you and then i say thanks you're booked and then they ring up and they say can we cancel i say yeah but you can't have your deposit back they're going to say no 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 i can because all you did was reply to two emails and that's not worth 200 pounds and of course you know if somebody if somebody does cancel within three months though i've always said this if you know somebody calls me the day before a wedding and says look you know somebody's unwell or you know we've had a flood or whatever and we're not getting married then i'm not going to stand there and say well you owe me all the money uh you know i'm, I'm going to be a little bit sympathetic about it well, you've got, but, you've got you know, to show empathy haven't you yeah but if you know if they ring up and say wedding's off because you know the groom ran off with a, a stripper in Belarus or something, then on his size stag, then uh, I'll be like, yeah, okay, what I'll have my money, please. What on earth was he doing in that country for his? For his <laughs> well, yeah, party? Belarus wasn't a good choice, was it? No, no pro- probably not. Um, <laughs> I, but I actually, I actually did have that happen. Uh, no, he hadn't gone off with a stripper in Belarus. I, I hasten to add, but I had had a, situa- a situation where a groom cancelled with a few days to go because he had found somebody else. Mm. Um, now, I went straight in for the, yeah, you owe me all the money thing, and uh, he threatened me with court action. And what he did was, you do? And, just and let he, it go, just for the sake he, of well, he, he, he was a lawyer, so I mm. thought, I'm not fighting this one. I, the, you know, life is too short, I felt, at that particular yeah. moment. And he seemed to be quite an angry man, and I thought, do you really want to get into an argument with a man like this? I hope he's not listening. Well, I didn't say his name. <laughs> no, true. Um, yeah, I, absolutely. You've got to read the room, haven't you? You've got to, you've got to make a call at the time. But yeah. yes, yeah, quite yeah. right. Luckily, it's not happened to me. Fingers crossed. Right. Touching wood. Okay. Uh, before we get ourselves in any more trouble, uh, back back to Facebook. Do do we get Martin Ellard now? No, he's the next one. Oh, uh, okay. this could <laughs> be for the whole show. No, he's the next one. He's the next one. <laughs> Andy Stodio. Uh, what else have you done to help out at our wedding that is not photography related? All oh, right. Just had a lovely quote back from a bride where I'd completely forgotten I'd fixed the radiator in the bride's mum's room. What? <laughs> That's above uh, and beyond. That's fantastic. That really oh is. Plumbing. 
plumbing. <laughs> fix a radiator. I can't even do my own shoes up, my, my special right shoe anyway, let alone fix a radiator. Oh, I'll tell you what, if you need to do, to do plumbing, you'd have to take Gemma along because she is the practical person in your relationship. I can't do anything. <laughs> She's built all your tables, everything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she does everything. I'm useless, useless. Although she did, in fairness, we'll get to the question in a second. She did say, she did remind me that when we were in our um, practice marriages and I was, uh, I was, I was, I uh, was in the spare room at, the, at her practice marriage house, yeah. I did rewire, rewire the lights in the, in the ceiling. Um, oh, was that so, what caused the fire? <laughs> she was like, do you remember doing that? I was like, no, oh. were you just trying to impress me? Uh, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. I've always had this, you know, this idea that if you do something that you don't like really bad at the beginning, you try, mm. they don't ask again. Oh, I see. Oh, that was your, right. Well, Sam mended the U-Bend the other day and the, the waste, uh, the waste pipe in the uh, upstairs loo. Nice. I know. I know. And I, I looked at it, I thought, oh, I'll get a plumber in. But she said, I'll do that. And it was all done within half an hour. I got a plumbing pro- I got a plumbing story as well. So our, because of our kids, we, our, uh, it's a horrible story, really. Our loo um, oh, no. lid is broke, oh, you know, okay, it's okay. kind of come flying off. So um, we bought a new loo lid and uh, and I could, well, Gemma couldn't get the, the, the old connection off. It was, you know, it's been there for like 15 years. We got a plumber guy came in. He got his axle and uh, hacksaw. He got his hacksaw, not hacksaw. And then has cut all his stuff off through the bits of rusty bolts and stuff like that in the bath. He went, there you go, mate, no charge. I'll let you fit the, the seat. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> oh, what does that mean? What What do you mean fit the seat? Oh, I'll Kev, you trouble. must have fit it. I mean, I fitted I a loose seat. You did it. Good. I did it. Yeah. Good. I did it. I did it wrong, but I did it. It's on, so the, the, it's on, on upside the, down. It's on upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. So, come on then. What have you done at the, the, uh, the wedding that's above and beyond what you've been hired to do? This could go for any job, couldn't it, really? If you turn up as a portrait photographer or an <clears throat> event photographer or a sports photographer, even. What, what have you done? Well, I've done CPR. Have you? Yeah, it didn't work, did it? That old lady. Oh, did oh, I didn't realise that you, you practised CPR on her. Yeah, I mean, the vet. It was a vet there. Well, um, well, we've told that story before. So, yeah. um... I did uh, recently at that place that we work at a lot, both of us. Wazing? Wazing. Mm. Uh, the bride was at the that little cottage that's out in the middle oh, of nowhere. Oh, Kit's. Kit's Cottage. Kit's, Kit's yeah. Cottage. Yeah, yeah. Nice place. And, yeah, and I'd, I'd had to ask you how to get there, I think, because yeah. I had no idea how to get there. And when we were, she said, and the mum said, actually, do you know how to get to the venue from here? <laughs> I was <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I do, because I've just come from there. Ah. She's like, right, okay, well, we'll follow you. And also, can we fill your car up with suitcases and stuff? And can you take the makeup artist and all that kind of stuff? So, yeah, I did. kind of, and, th- and then I was like, oh, God, I hope I know the way. <laughs> I don't want to do, I don't want to take the entire wedding party <laughs> to the wrong place. But you, you didn't, though, did you? You, did, you got no, it right. Go I ahead. did go there, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, I think it. your CPR is amazing. Although it didn't work, but no, it wasn't. Amazing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do much more. I wouldn't like. I some people take like knitting needles and stuff to fix dresses. Oh, I do that. I, I don't. It was not to fix dresses. That that's the crochet needle, so that they can pull across the um, the, the fastenings on wedding dresses at the back. Now, if I touch it, it will just turn to dust. Oh, I don't do it. I just say, look, I've got one of these. <laughs> And then I I pass it over. I would never I would never attempt to do it. No, I don't. Even when they ask me which side does the flower go, I say don't ask me because what's, I might get it wrong. What side? And then they'll all look stupid. No, surely you know what side the flowers go. Well, okay, yes, technically I do, but you have to be twenty twenty two, don't you? I, I did once have a situation where um, oh, I, see what you mean, I, yeah. I suggested that and yeah. he said no, no, I want to wear mine on the right hand side because I'm a bridesmaid or a bridesman, or whatever. Um, oh, so okay. I just decided yeah, from yeah. then on to not say anything. Not say anything. Yeah. 
I've been a wedding car. In fact, if I, I found the picture the other day. It was in Salisbury. I uh, can't remember if the car didn't work or didn't turn up. So I was the wedding car. Fortunately, uh, the car was washed the day before. Nice. Normally, it's just got, you know, stuff all in it, like, you know, McDonald's hamburger wrappings and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I did have to apologise to the makeup artist before she got in. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry. We've got dogs and kids and all kinds of stuff. I'm sorry. We'll see. Right, we've got more questions to come, um, but uh, I, I know we started off with lots of information about the XH2 and the, and the special event next week, which will, of course, be recording. That will be a, It's either going to be an extra edition, Kev, or just part of a really long edition the month after. And we also talked about patrons, so I, I think we should probably pop into our, our interview. Tell me about Glenn Dewis. Uh, Glenn, yeah, so Glenn is uh, is a remarkable, really nice chap, first and foremost. Um, really interesting story, very, very good photographer, amazing YouTube channel. He's one of those people, uh, I think I say this in the interview, is that, you know, his YouTube channel is actually useful. It's not just, <laughs> you know, it's not just look at me making a cup of coffee or anything. It's actually every single thing is something you learn. You know, you get straight to the point. Here we go. Here's something you, I know that you don't, yes. and then you know it. And that's it. So yeah, but a very good photographer too. And uh, he did this amazing um, series with veterans, which we, we talked about too. This is Glyn Dewis. Glyn, welcome to the Fujicast. Thank you very much for inviting me on. Oh, no worries. It's, it's glad. I'm glad to have you on here because, uh, <laughs> as I was saying, as I was saying to Neil earlier, that you know we our paths always seem to cross at yeah. uh, you know photo shows and things like that. So I thought, no, we, we must get Glyn on at some point. Uh, everybody, yeah. well, a lot of people will have heard of you, will have seen you certainly from your um, YouTube channel and all of that uh-huh. good stuff. But one thing I want to kind of get going with, and I always ask this uh, to the guests, is you know, hey, w- what's your story? Where did you when did you get into photography how did that all kind of come about god you know it's it's a it's a good question it's one that every time i get asked that i you kind of scratch your head thinking how long ago was it because i don't know about you but as i'm getting older time seems to go quicker um but i'm getting i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a number out now which i think is fairly accurate it must be 14 years 15 years maybe something like that um and as for the photography, never intended to be a photographer at all. It just wasn't my thing. I was uh, working in Photoshop a lot. I was doing a lot of stuff. It kind of that all happened very quickly for me, picking up Photoshop and kind of running with it. And before you know it, I'm starting to work for clients. And I picked up um, an agency that was wanted to give me work for BBC and for Sky. And it all went really, really swimmingly. Then I got kind of noticed by some folks in America. That kind of kicked off. Um, and then eventually, um, I think how long goes probably about eight years ago now, I guess it would have been when I did my first book. So I, I pitched an idea to a, um, to a publishers when we were out in America, they liked it and kind of ran with it. And that was a book that was predominantly all about Photoshop. And that for me was kind of like a line in the sand of where I thought, right, from now on, now that book's out, I don't want to be just known as the guy that does Photoshop because for me, it kind of felt that. Uh, I don't know, I kind of felt that that was maybe limiting myself from, for longevity in the industry. And I wanted to be, I want to, you know, I'm in this for the long haul. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of seeing companies coming out with some fantastic third-party plugins, which for, for most people was, was, was enough, you know, it was, it was getting them where they wanted to be. So I was thinking, I can't just base my whole business on Photoshop. So then I kind of just thought, right, I'll, I'll get the camera and I'll start to do some stuff with the camera. And it was all picking up stuff that I was just, you know, learning along the way. And then it just seemed to take off, to be honest with you. Um, I then moved away from just being the Photoshop guy to then 
into the photography and and here we are today really <laughs> a lot's happened what was that original book then the first one you did you've done several obviously that was the photoshop workbook and it was all it was all kind of mainly to do with um compositing because that was my thing at the time it was doing all these you know literally taking a photograph and then spending hours and i mean hours on a picture and layer upon layer upon layer and it, i've thoroughly enjoyed it absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it it was a great you know i learned so much doing it which I still kind of use a lot of it today in, in sort of in some ways with the pictures that I'm doing. But yeah, that's kind of what I did then. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it seems like a whole world away that does now doing all the compositing. It really does. <laughs> I think that we will discuss it in a little while about kind of AI and all of that and how things are mm. changing. But so let's just get this right. If you, uh, I'm not sure if you have to do this on passports anymore, but if, if you had to put a job title down on your passport, what would you put? And again, that, boy, you're getting some curveballs in here quick, aren't you? Um, <laughs> what do you say? Because I, I, me and Dave were talking about this, my mate Dave Clayton. I think you know Dave anyway. But we were um, we were talking about this the other day because Dave's recently redesigned my um, logo. I felt like I needed a logo because things have drastically changed for me since COVID kicked in, in a, in a good way. And I need, I wanted a logo that reflected it. So then I'm sort of saying to Dave, what do I put on the business card? What do I say is my title? Because if I just say photographer, well, it's not just photography. That, that seemed really limiting because I'm now doing photography. I'm doing a lot of video stuff. Um, I'm, I'm just, there's all sorts of stuff that I'm doing. You know what I mean? It's, um, it's tough, isn't it? it it's is. really tough. So there, there is obviously that phrase that goes out there now, content creator. Yeah. But that just seems a little bit, I don't know. It just, I don't feel, I don't feel comfortable saying, hi, I'm a content creator. It's like, well, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, I guess you'd have to tailor make it to the audience. So whoever I was speaking to, if it was, I don't know, if I was, if somebody like my mom said to me, what do you do? I'd say photographer. Yeah. Because if I say anything else, that's going to lead to a whole different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I, if I was speaking to somebody like yesterday, I was down on uh, North Devon on the coast, Heartland Key, flying my drone and a, a young couple came past and they actually said to me, what do you do? Because uh, they realized it wasn't just me there playing with it. I was actually doing some stuff for a video. And I said, oh, I'm a photographer, but I do. I'm a YouTuber as well. Do you know what I mean? So you kind of tailor make it to the audience because then they straight away knew what YouTube was and what a YouTuber kind of thing is. And they said, oh, what's your YouTube handle? What, you know, what's your address of the, the channel that you've got? And that, that was easy. So as, long, as much as I'd love to tell you, I am this, Kevin. I can't. It's, um, it's a difficult one. But that's good. But, you know, I think it's great because you are, you know, if I look at the headings on your website, you know, you, you've got um, very specific kind of uh, titles, you know, it's a back page, all that kind of stuff. Books, yeah. gear, blog, YouTube. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, you know, you, when you said that about YouTube, then that, that kind of reminded me, and I was saying this to Neil earlier, that there's only a handful of YouTube channels that I watch regularly where I know that every time there's a video put on there, I'm just going to go in, the, the, the presenter is going to say, this is what I know, and this is what you're going to know in the next 10, <laughs> 15 minutes. Thank yeah. you very much. Uh, off you go. You know, yeah. there's no there's no fluff. It is a proper, proper educational stuff, which is absolutely amazing. And, cool. you know, you. You, you've got to be, you know, you've got one extra subscriber from those people in North Devon. But, <laughs> uh, you know, you're up to, what, 230,000 subscribers? On it's, it's kind of, yes. Yeah, I think, it's, yeah, 211, you've been really generous. I think it's 211, I think we're on now. But... That has grown more in the last six months than it has in the last 18 months to two years. 
because I've really started to prioritize it. And I'm hoping in a way that a lot of people will see a difference in how the videos are being done now, because I want to make them not just educational. It's great that you say they are, that you get what you want from them, but I want them to have a certain me about them, a certain style about them. I, I never wanted to do a video that went, hello, today I'm going to show you this. And then away you go. It's like, oh, I'd rather watch paint dry. I want, I want something that's going to grab your attention and then you're going to watch it. And that's hopefully kind of starting to happen now with the way I'm doing them very differently. So, and I'm loving doing them, mate. I'm, it is, it's a real buzz doing them. Is that, is that partly because of the move to Devon and your location now and the environment you've got around you? Does that help with these videos? It, it definitely helps. And, and as, as daft as it might sound, because I know that a lot of people have really struggled over the last two years with all the restrictions we've lived under, but it's, it's also been motivated by the last two years because the last two years, dare I say it, has actually done me a favour. It's, it's given me a proper good kick up the rear. It really has, because although I'm, I'm always, I always feel I need to be doing something, that before COVID came along, that something had to be portrait orientated. And if I didn't have a portrait to take, the camera was in the bag and that's where it stayed. And I'd have to think of other things to do within Photoshop and just, just so I was doing something. COVID has made me see the world completely differently. It's, it's made me realize, as, as crazy as it sounds and as obvious as it sounds to everybody else is probably listening, it made me realize that my camera can be used for other things. And just because I do those other things doesn't mean to say I want to specialize in them. I'm doing them because I enjoy doing them. Yeah. And I'm doing landscape, seascape, macro, time lapse. I am, I'm genuinely genuinely loving doing what I do and the majority of it 95% of what I do is for me and the content I produce which I share yeah and I just I just love it and you can tell that you know I think it's great there's like an effervescence in your voice when you talk about it which is is wonderful and (laughs) you know isn't it a lovely uh you know without kind of uh, belittling it in any way but isn't it a Mm. lovely life to be able to essentially you know make a living out of doing the stuff you absolutely love it it totally is content you know it totally is but as you know that doesn't come easy no you know what I mean and what's and and I like I like to be I kind of base my whole um I don't know my whole business my whole me that people get to know I base that on honesty and and being like there's no stage me there's just me do you know what I mean and Although it might look sometimes on social media that, God, you're so lucky you live down there. There's no luck involved. It took us a lot of long time to get here, a lot of hard work to get here. Um, and I still have those times when I, I worry, I stress, I, although all those things are still there. But yeah, I do. You're, you're right. It is, it is great to be able to do something that you genuinely love doing as, as your job, if you like. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you mentioned that about hard work is that that's obvious for, you know, when you look at your, your output and everybody we speak to on the podcast and and probably most professional photographers, but you know, I, I, we do, I do occasionally come across people like, I wish I was an ambassador. I wish I could do YouTubes and I, and and basically they can, but you're right. They they have to put the hard yards in first. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's funny you should mention that word ambassador there. That's one of those words that sends a shudder down my spine. It's kind of like that, you know, this, uh, it's overused. I think the, the sort of, um, the clout that being an ambassador, that word had, I think has gone because there's so many people who now, who now are ambassadors and don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not putting it down. Yeah. I just think they should change the word. 
yeah. because I think it's kind of it's being used so much. It's watered down what an ambassador is. It's like the word passionate. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That that's a word that used to make me really shudder. But you know, you're passionate about what you do. You wouldn't be able to do it to the quality that you do if you weren't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's but there needs to be a different word. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know what that word would be, but it just needs to be described differently. I always say about ambassador stuff that uh, because obviously I, you know, I, I think you are an ambassador for certain things, and I am as well. But mm. I, I always say that it shouldn't be a ambition. You shouldn't. Your ambition should not be to be an ambassador. It should be a reward. Yeah, know, exactly. And you know, and you know what else, mate? It's funny you should say that. Another, another, not not ambition, but something, a goal in your head, or a kind of like a, a, a thing that you kind of say to yourself is that never approach a company mm-hmm. because I, I, and that's something because I obviously, you know. Although I'm on your podcast here, you know, you know, I'm a Sony shooter, yeah. but I, I never, ever, ever approached Sony. And it was, although I, I could have done so many times, I never wanted to, because I wanted them to notice me from my activity and them to come to me, never for me to go to them. Yep. And that's always been the same with every company that I'm associated with. Yeah. I wanted them to approach me. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's, and I think that that does happen. It might not happen as quick as you wanted to, but if you're consistently producing content and you're out there, you will get noticed. I've got two little two little things I've written down here. One of them <laughs> is I want to talk. Uh, one of the best titles of a book that you did. Uh, one of the best titles of any book that I and I have this book. Uh, Photograph like a thief. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I just love it. I love the cover. Uh, I, I don't know whether it was Dave that did the cover or not. I, or whether it was yeah, you. yeah, yeah. I, I just, it was. Uh, I can't take credit for the title or the cover. That was <laughs> the, the the cover was designed by Dave. It's uh, he stole a idea by a designer I believe called Soul Bass. That goes back to his particular style. And the title came when I was on the doing a Zoom chat with the publishers, and I was telling them what the idea was of the book. And then Ted Waite, who works at Rocky Nook, said, oh, so it's kind of like photographing, but you're nicking the ideas, like photographing like a thief, isn't it, really? I went, oh, there you go. Um, okay, so going back to the photography element of things, I think probably one of the most, uh, I don't know whether it's, uh, well, it's important to a lot of people, whether it's the most important thing you've done perhaps recently is the mm-hmm. 3945 oh, uh, yeah. Portraits yeah. Project. Yeah, totally. uh, Yeah, so for those that don't know that work, um, why don't you you explain it? Yeah, 39 to 45 is obviously the years of World War II. Uh, that's what I call the project. And it's basically started out as um, me wanting to do something. It was a personal project. It never intended to grow the way it did, but it was purely my way of, of giving back and saying thank you to the veterans for what they did. Because um, you know, every mem- Remembrance Day, saying thank you never seemed enough to me. So I kind of thought, what can I do? And as photographers and what have you, then, you know, we've got the gift of having a camera and creating stuff with it. So my idea was to photograph veterans in a classic, timeless kind of way, and then to be able to present that veteran with that portrait that then can can remain in the family for generations to come. Because as we know, know, photographs are massively important, massively important. It's so much more than just taking a click and putting it on social media. So that's, that was my way of saying thank you. So um, I didn't know any veterans at the time because my granddad had passed some, you know, 30 plus years prior to me even thinking about this. And I wasn't doing this then anyway. So I approached a group uh, called the Normandy Veterans Family and Friends, which I found on Facebook, introduced myself, wanting to meet veterans and, and kind of explain what I wanted to do. And a couple of people, uh, I wouldn't say trusted me, they kind of tested me out. 
Mm-hmm. You know, am I? Uh, do I do what I'm saying I'm going to do? How do I? How do I deal with veterans? Am I courteous? Am I respectful? And all that kind of stuff. And thankfully, they saw that I, what I was doing was was genuine. I want. I genuinely wanted to do it. And from then, it just kind of took off. It really did take off. Um, and it's been a heck of a journey. It really, really has. It has been. I don't mean to sound corny, but it has been the best thing I have ever done. Not just in my career as a photographer, content creator, whatever. Um, it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. I have, I have had such an emotional journey doing it. It's just been the best. It really has been the best thing I've ever done, um, projects-wise. And uh, yeah, just, just wonderful, absolutely wonderful. I've met some incredible people, made some incredible friends. And, you know, it ended up with me having an exhibition. We were going to have more, but obviously then COVID hit. So that's got to kind of restart again. We had we made the news. And only yesterday I got contacted by National Geographic who've asked for one of the portraits. And they've said that they want to speak about doing a feature in National Geographic about the project. It's like, wow. Yeah, so, that's incredible. And that whole project, like I said, it, it was a personal thing, never with the intention of what can I get from this. It was genuinely what can i do and it's that old saying of if you give enough out stuff comes back but you should never give it out expecting it to come back yeah you know if you if you are if you are real true to your word you're being genuine and honest about what you're doing good things will happen and what i love about i mean the pictures are absolutely beautiful you know people anybody listening must uh, must go to your website and look at the, the images that are on there i mean the the obviously the the style of the images are very um sympathetic if you like but mm-hmm. they're so beautifully photographed and so beautifully edited um but i also like the fact that you know occasionally when you send out your newsletters of which i'm a subscriber you, oh, know, cool. you give updates <laughs> you know you, you you kind of say you know uh, such and such who was in the in the photo story you know and mm-hmm. some of them sadly have passed away and oh yeah you, you know all of this stuff it, it's it's like an ongoing series and mm-hmm. it, it, is it finished it, uh, will you take not at all photos? mate no no it's, it's definitely not finished covid really did um put a, a handbrake on it it really did because things because the actual exhibition started in november 19 and ran uh, through to january 2020 um and that was at the soldiers of oxford museum in woodstock which in may it was just fantastic that was and then all of a sudden march hits bang and there were so many veterans that i'd intended to um you know that were in the diary if you like that i was going to travel to and photograph that I never got to do it and sadly the last two two years or however long it is now i've lost track has been really unkind to our veterans. We've lost so many, um, but it is still ongoing. It's not. It's not got the same pace as what it had back at the you know beginning of 2020 because you know I've moved. Priorities have kind of had to kick in, and I'm, I'm working on a lot of other things as well. But I am still doing the portraits, and I have taken a couple of veterans' portraits down here so far. And Glenn Dewis returns shortly. In the meantime, whilst whilst we've been recording the show in kind of live time, uh, we can make an announcement that you will know about now. But but it's one you're very excited about, Kev. Yeah. So they have they have announced the uh, the lens roadmap stuff yeah. and 56 mil f 1.2 Mark II is on there, along with the 30 mil 2.8 macro. What mm. if that's one to one macro? And then then eight uh, millimeter 3.5 eight millimeter. I would ah. be able to see my eyebrows and my feet at the same time, both my feet, my oh. wide foot and my special foot. <laughs> it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, not that wide. <laughs> um, 
uh, yeah, so the 56 is the one that interests a lot of people, I think. And yeah. I was concerned that, well, not concerned, but I, I had an inkling that the new, that there would be a 56 Mark II, but I thought it might be an F1.4, but it's not, it's a 1.2. And if, if they, if that is at the same kind of performance levels as yeah. the 80, the new 18 mil and the new 23 mil and the new 33 mil, then that is, is going to be like the, the best news of the day for me. What, what what two lenses now would you take? Yes, we're talking about weddings with you, but but it, it could be street and stuff like that as well. What what two lenses would you... If you could only take two lenses out now, Kev, what would they be? So at the moment, it would be the 18mm, the new 18mm, and the 50mm F1 yep. that I, I still have on loan. Um, but it's big and heavy, and it's not... I mean, it's a fantastic lens. It's incredible. It does see in the dark. But I the reason why I use that is because my 56mm, my existing 56mm 1.2, yeah. is uh, has got some little problems with it. Oh. So uh, I am... I, I kind of... I've got this 50mm on loan for a time until that 56mm comes out. But because it's on the lens roadmap, that doesn't say when it will be. No. So I have to... But your, your normal choice would be now 18 and 56 if it's... Oh, right. yeah, yeah. If, if that 56mm 1.2 was in existence right now, it would be the 18mm 56. I'd throw everything else in the bin. Why would... I don't need anything else. Well, oh, you send it to me then, please. Give I, it a bit. I am the home for disused uh, lenses. Well, I've got a couple in here now. I've still got the 60, which I like. You don't need any of these back yet because you want to throw them in the bin. Yeah, so I, I will actually need... So one of the things I'm doing is taking pictures of all of my cameras. Right. Um, I've been putting them on Instagram. Oh, do you need 60s? With my, well, <laughs> I will need it at some point because I will do the lenses as well. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Although it's not that important because I have sold some over the years. Okay. And right. But yes, and uh, I've oh. been enjoying that. Like my, I put a picture of my original X100 up and it, I had more likes on Instagram than any of my wedding pictures ever. <laughs> no. It's battered up all the camera. Um, yeah. We've got a, le- we got a letter, Kev. Hey, a real letter. A real letter. It came in from... It's from... Where's ME? ME. Is that um, is that Maine? ME? Oh, look, all the American listeners now are shouting out, What? Don't you know? Honestly, get with it. According to, according to the internet, it is Maine. It is Maine. Right, OK. Didn't they call it ME? Oh, maybe that's Massachusetts. Uh, anyway, it came from John Bald, and he sent a nice card... And it's got, uh, here we go, we've got uh, the foreground is daisies and in the background um, a house. And then there, there appears to be a sort of very foggy lighthouse in the back background here. Um, I've been enjoying the Fujicast for around two years. Can I suggest a guest for you to interview? Street photography is my favourite genre. Uh, Alan Schaller. Now, I did smile broadly when he said that because you have tried so often, haven't you, Kev? Yes, I have. Uh, I've emailed Alan a few times. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so we are we are on the case. If we can't get Alan Schaller, we'll get Alan Shearer, uh, next best. <laughs> and, and I have a question. Do I understand correctly that some European countries have privacy laws that prevent street photographers from walking about and shooting? France, Germany, etc. How is it in the UK? Here in the US, it's legal to walk anywhere that's public and photograph whatever. Uh, now, it's true one can't use the image for advertising unless you have a signed release, but you can post the image and you're in on online gallery and even sell the images as a print if you have a mind to. Isn't that then commercial? Anyway, my, my thanks. Best no, it's not because it's not. Yeah, you're not, not you're not supporting a brand with it. Yeah, best wishes to you and Kev from John in Brunswick in Maine. Well, um, yeah, the the rules in Europe have changed. I mean, the one the one that I think and I, I spoke recently to a friend of ours, um, Alex Fredrickson, who talks to me about uh, who, who spoke to me about. Um, what it's like in Austria. And you can't photograph people at all in Austria. At all, at all, at all, at all. 
Sad, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to. I don't. I don't know for sure the exact rules. You'll need to check that in different places. But yeah, for example, in Paris, in France, um, my understanding is you can actually take pictures, but you can't publish them yeah. if there's other people in there that you have not got your permission. Uh, which is ridiculous, isn't it? You know, absolutely ridiculous. When you look at, oh, we've covered this a billion times, you know, yeah. photo books, everybody buys photo books because they want to learn about the past. Um, anyway, it'll go. I'm sure it'll go away. When when, when basically when our kids' uh, generation are the people ruling the world, they will go, that's ridiculous. That was that 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 idea Silly was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It was made up by some stupid bloke who has was born in the dark ages, like 1960, <laughs> and has no idea about life and stuff. So we'll get rid of that idea and uh, we'll replace it with proper ideas, sensible ideas. Yes, and we have to wait for our kids to do that, though. Yeah. Well, mine have already been talking about how they're going to change the world. Yeah, good. I think at the moment the younger one thinks it should be free subways for all. <laughs> well, um, I'll be love subway. <laughs> Absolutely loves, loves so, it. Look, they'll be they'll be happy then. Anyway, won't they? <laughs> right. Um, I think before we have uh, book of the week, we've got time for one one more Facebook. Right. Let's do Martin because otherwise we'll yeah, forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martin, Martin, Martin. <laughs> Martin Hellard. Uh, I see new venues opening, existing venues expanding, and a lot of doing four, five, or more weddings a yes, week. Yes. I'm not sure figures add up. I realise this year still has leftover postponements, but a lot were cleared last year too. So it will be interesting to see if all this investment in renovations, new accommodation, and outdoor ceremony areas was really worth it next year. Oh, it turns out it wasn't even a question. Well, it was just yeah. Was he doubting the fact that that many could be could be going on? Because I've gone into venues that are saying we're doing two hundred and twelve this year. I'm thinking, what two twelve? Yeah, I, yeah. I suppose it's a conversational piece rather than a question. But yeah, the, um, yeah. I mean, the venues. Some of the venues. I, I went to a new venue in Wales uh, near Barry. Absolutely incredible place yeah. it was, and uh, it was like being in Ibiza. It was actually a really nice sunny day as well, which helped. But it was it was phenomenal. Yeah. And she was uh, the lady that runs it, or lady that owns it, was uh, saying that you know they're they're packing them in at the moment. Absolutely packing them in. So. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot. Well, I say a lot. There was there was quite a few venues that did not make the uh, pandemic. You know, they they, they went pop. Mm. Um, and places like uh, what's that place near you? Stoke. I want to say Stoke Park, or is it the other one next to it? Stoke um, Place. Stoke Place. Well, I'm still the there. Stoke that's, Place. That's still there. Stoke Pretty Park much, and Stoke Place. Stoke Park was the one where Doctor No, I think, was filmed. Uh, Stoke Place might have been where Doctor Yes was filmed. Then <laughs> I think we're just making movies up now, Kev. It's where what's his name got married, wasn't it? Madonna got married at one of them when she married that. I think that would be Stoke Park. And also Clooney got married there. Did he? At one of them. No, yes. he was at Danesfield House. Was he? <laughs> I think. I may I'm have this wrong. House. This I'm is a little bit worrying that I should know about all these weddings that I didn't attend. This is almost like you read Hello Magazine, Neil. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't uh, know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, venues, yeah, uh, good luck to the ones that have survived. That's, yeah, that's all yeah, I can say. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, though, funny enough, though, because somebody was saying to me at a wedding uh, last weekend, um, you know, was saying that they have started noticing, and this is quite a, I wouldn't say it's a, a kind of wedding factory place, but certainly mm-hmm. a place that's, you know, generally is there for weddings rather than open to the public during a week and stuff. Yeah. 
And they were saying that they have started, really started noticing now people saying, you know, we can't afford, when we're, we're not going to have the budget we had, we're not, you know, check up right. or whatever, you know, whatever it is, they're yeah. cutting back because yeah. obviously fuel and all of this kind of stuff, yeah. you know. And I, I had I had an email conversation with somebody who, you know, I sent my prices through and they replied and, and they said, well, that's ridiculous price. Um, that's not the words they use, but they, they were basically saying everything, everything costs too much. That's just too much. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I did reply to that, you know, and, and it was the same day that the inflation number had gone up to 9%. Um, Yours hadn't gone up at all. It had just stayed the same as it was, probably. Uh, yeah, well, that's, the, you know, they did say, you know, you know, not having a go at you is basically the general gist of the conversation. But, you know, inflation is at 9%. Is there anything you can do? And I very nearly did reply and say, yeah, what I can do is put my prices up by 9% so I can also afford to live. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't say that, of course. But, you know, they didn't book, needless to say. George Clooney's wedding, by the way, my mate Richard who's a pianist, and I'm not sure I should say his surname, but uh, his name is Richard. He played at uh, at George's wedding. Mm, I think that's why nice. I think it was Danesfield. I, I, I might be wrong, but but he, uh, yeah, he, he, he got an invite, and he didn't know it was going to be George's wedding. And uh, mm. as the date got closer, he got some sort of inkling that this was going on. Well, on the on the actual day, though, Kev, he um, he he played at the the event, and then later on in the evening, because he played all the way through to the end, George actually sidles up to him, comes comes to sit, brings brings a couple of tumblers of uh, of scotch, and sits at the piano with him, and starts having a chat. <laughs> I thought, how cool is that? Mm, that's how you see that. <laughs> that he cool. must be he must be quite a big pianist. Why? <laughs> Alright, I, I just couldn't resist saying it. <laughs> oh, Kev! Heaven's sakes. Right, let's move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, what were we doing now? I've completely forgotten. Kev's on. Um, you're not going to do this when we're on stage next week, are you? <laughs> Probably. Uh, let, let's um, let's have the book of the. Should we have the book of the week or second part of the interview? I tell you what, let's go for second part of the interview first, and then we'll come back for. for well, I compose myself. <laughs> yeah, well, you compose yourself. Need my special foot. I got that. <laughs> right. Let's have the second part of our conversation today with Glyn Dewis. <laughs> So talk us through briefly, um, even though we're the Fujicast, obviously we're brand mm-hmm. uh, uh, agnostic in terms of the, the guests and everything. <laughs> so tell us, how, in a nutshell, how do you go about creating one of these beautiful portraits? Um, I would say it's, it's kept very, very simple. You'll see that from the portraits. It's just a one light setup, real simple. And that my idea behind that was so that I keep, it, keep the technicals really simple. So that allows me to be comfortable with the setup meaning I can adapt to my environment because all the portraits are taken at the convenience of the veteran. So they're always at their home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a luxury of having tons of space in a studio. So you have to really adapt sometimes because some of the places can be very challenging with space. Um, so just one light I use, there's two lenses that I use. I use um, an 85 mil for the very close-ups, very you know, the headshot ones, but the majority of stuff is done on a 55 mil. Um, a prime lens. And the reason I use the prime lenses is because I found that before when I was using zoom lenses, you could have looked at my portfolio. And for me, it felt like it would have looked, if there was 20 images there, it'd have been 20 different photographers. The fact that I could vary the focal length and change the look of something by varying that focal length, it gave me too many options. So I decided to stick with prime lenses to help my style to develop, if you like. Yeah, um, cohesion, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, just just one one uh, one light, nice and simple. Camera is always on a tripod, always, so that I can maintain 
eye contact and a connection with the person I'm photographing rather than me going behind it. That's just a personal thing that I found worked for me. So you're um, using a Sony full frame camera for this? Sony, yeah, I'm using a Sony A7R4 is what I'm using. Okay. Um, and I, if, you know, long story short, but if I, if I was going to say, let's say if you were a veteran that I was going to come and photograph, mm-hmm. I'd turn up at the house and all my kit would stay in the car. I'd then come into the house and we'd have a coffee, a tea, and we'd just chat and we could chat for, we could chat for three quarters of an hour. You know, if I've never met you before, that, that time is invaluable to getting a good result. It's just the most important part of the whole process. You and me becoming relaxed with each other and comfortable. Once I know that we're comfortable with each other, then I'll go and get the kit. We'll set up in a, just a little corner somewhere. And it just takes no time at all because I've taken that time to practice it over and over and over and over again. So, you know, it's almost like the photography side of it, taking the portrait becomes secondary to the reason for me being there. It's almost like I'm just going for a coffee with somebody, but we also do a picture. But that's so, I've, I've just learned so much about taking portraits of, for want of a better word, normal people. I don't photograph models. You know, I, I need to make somebody who's not wanting to be photographed, maybe, or not comfortable in front of the camera. I need to make them relaxed. And the way I've learned to do that is just by spending more time talking than picking the camera up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it really is a, such a powerful... Uh, you know, I'm just looking at the pictures now, and I've looked at them many times before. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just, it, it's actually remarkable because, you know, like the editing, of course, and I think you've got a uh, one of your um, downloadable courses kind of mm-hmm. partly based on the editing style. Yeah, timeless, um, yeah. Timeless, that's right. Um, but it, you, you don't see... You, you can't see this kind of stuff on Instagram. You know, on Instagram, when, where people mm. spend most of their lives these days, you see one image, then you move on to another person, another photographer. Mm. You, you don't see them together in a collection like this. Um, and it is just marvellous, absolutely marvellous. Yeah, and it needs to be, I mean, I'm hoping there that you can see that if you, if I went to tomorrow to take another portrait of veteran and then showed that, you'd, you'd know that that came from that collection. Yeah. There is a, there's definitely a, you know, uh, can, there, there's a very you know it's a similar recognizable kind of style um and the editing is minimal i mean really minimal yeah um because the focus isn't the color grading the it's not the sharpness it's it's the person isn't it yeah absolutely and they're all you know even like i said even the close-up ones you do on the 85 mil uh you know they're very powerful because you you can basically see into their souls almost through their eyes but then yeah 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 do you know yeah. what? It's, it's that's a good point as well, Kevin. Because when we, when we have the exhibition and the, and the pictures are printed, really, you know, really quite big, and people are walking around. So what was I was really interested to hear that some people were saying. You know, I was expecting them all to, all to mention about the eyes. You know, it feels like they're staring at you. But so many people mentioned, look at the hands. Yeah, you can really see their life in their hand. And I never really noticed it. It wasn't something I actually paid attention to, to be honest with you, because I was all for the face, but. Now I look at them, I think, God, yeah, the hands is, is so important. Yeah, and that, that was what the point I was going to make next. The more environment, well, the wider ones, if you like, where you can see them sat down in chairs and, you know, kind of more environmental mm. portraiture, if you like. The hands, that they, you know, they're all holding their hands in, you know, similar ways, but slightly different. And, yeah. you know, you can, you, you can see, like, stories etched on their, mm. their hands, you know, and it, it does give you a real insight. It really is a... Yeah, yeah. A That's remarkable series. Um, Thank you. Okay, so uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure whether this is a uh, elephant in the room or not, but artificial intelligence mm-hmm. in Lightroom, Photoshop, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, is it 
is it a good thing, bad thing? Does it take away some of the skills? What's your what's your take on that? I think I think it's a good thing. I really do think it's a good thing. Um, I don't think it replaces for for the likes of you and I um, and people that have um, you know make a living from it. I don't think it's going to replace anything. If anything, I think it's going to be a, a help to us. Artificial intelligence doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to put a picture in and it's and it's finished. There you go. Wow, that's it. Mm. I'm job done there because that would mean that pretty much all our pictures are going to look like everybody else's and we're going to lose our unique style. I, I, the artificial intelligence is, isn't basically, it's an assistant. You know, you, you can use something like Lightroom, not Lightroom Classic, but Lightroom Mobile, for example. You go using a preset in there and you click on the recommended section and it brings up and it'll show you all these different examples of what you can do. You click on one of those. That doesn't mean to say your picture's finished. It's a great starting point. I really, I, I think things like that, artificial intelligence is just a way of giving you that nudge to say, why don't you try this? Certainly when it comes to the, the main editing. Obviously, there are other things like the neural filters now in Photoshop where that is really getting kind of, wow, you know, you can change somebody's eye direction, change somebody's facial expression and stuff like that. It all depends what's, what's the end result going to be. What's it for? What's its intended purpose? Mm. You know, there's artificial intelligence that allowed me recently in fact, I got a reminder today. It was a, a you say recently, it's a year ago. I photographed a female surfer down at Saunton Sands in Devon. It was a horrendously bright, beautiful, don't get me wrong, beautiful day. Taking a picture, I had a wetsuit on, and I'm way out in the sea beyond the breakers, holding the camera with no waterproof casing on it, just above the level of the water. <laughs> Guy in the water's with, him, with me holding a light above the waves, and we're photographing Holly on this, this board. Now, I couldn't see the back of the camera. So I couldn't really tell what kind of expressions I was capturing on her at all or where her eyes were looking, in fact, because it was it was such an awkward situation. Eye tracking, as you know, all cameras nowadays have got fantastic technology when it comes to tracking. So the eye tracking nailed it. Bring the pictures back. Everything was just right apart from the direction of her eyes. She was looking at me. And I don't like it when people in certain poses look straight at the camera. It kind of just didn't have any feel to it. Mm. I, I ideally wanted her to be looking away from it. And I was able to do that using the AI in the neural filters in Photoshop. And it's like, wow, you would never know I'd change their eye direction. That was my intended purpose for it. The lighting was right. The composition was right. Her eyes were looking at me. Now, was I wrong to use that? I don't think so. No. Because I've done, done my job as a photographer. Yeah. You know what I mean? The lighting, the composition, the grading's all done. And the, and, but, but her eyes were looking at me. So I just changed the direction of the eyes. Okay, so uh, here's another curveball question for you, a desert island question. Okay, we're coming to the end now. But, uh, <laughs> okay. So you're on a desert island. I'm going to give you three things that you have to have one, just one of. Okay, so one, oh, wow. one camera that you would have with you, either a camera you own now, you've had in the past, you would love to have had, whatever, but one mm -hmm. camera that you might have, what would that be? Okay, I'm, it's, I'm, this could be a really curveball answer here, but my answer, I think, would be... Uh, a DJI Pocket 2. <laughs> yeah, which captures both video, stills, time lapse, because it's going to allow me to do all the stuff that I love doing in one package, and it's really portable. Okay, so uh, Lightroom or Photoshop, you can only pick one. Oh, good, good question. There was a time very nearby that I would have said Photoshop. Lightroom's just a catalogue for me, but Lightroom's come on big time. I'm going to say Lightroom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The masking in Lightroom lately is 
blowing me away. Yeah, it's insane, isn't it? I can't oh believe my God. people complain that £9 a month for Photoshop and Lightroom. You know, I'm not paying that. So yeah. There's little, you know, the little the things in Lightroom. If, if you hold down the Option key or the Alt key on your computer, depending on if you're Mac or Windows, you wait to see what things suddenly appear that you didn't know about. It's like, are you serious? Like in the masking, hold down the Option key and wait to see what that does. Okay. It's like, you are joking. It's just, Lightroom's just amazing. And it's getting better and better and better. Nice. Okay. Uh, a photographer. So remember, this is your desert island. So one other <laughs> photographer who's going to be there with you, alive, dead, somebody you know, somebody you've never met, who would be there with you so you could take your pictures on the DJI and edit them in Lightroom while you're on your desert island? Who would I want to be there with if yeah. it was a photographer? Joel yeah. Grimes. Joel Grimes. Okay. Joel Grimes, great friend. What you see is what you get. Genuinely a very hardworking, big-hearted, lovely man. Good. Good answers. That was good. So what's next for you, uh, Glenn? What are you doing? What are you working on now? Any kind of workshops, books? All that um, I'm not doing, I'm not really doing workshops. That's something I stopped a while back now. Um, I like doing the stuff online because people can interact with it. They can interact with me and they get what they want from it. Whereas I felt workshops, some people always left not getting what they wanted. Maybe that was me the way on <laughs> the workshops. Um, but uh, what am I working on? I'm really, really putting a lot of effort into my YouTube channel. I'm really enjoying doing that. And I do have a project I'm going to be working on called Totally Devon. The people, the places and the produce that makes Devon, Devon. So that's going to allow me to tour the county photographing the people that make people, the places and the food that make it what it is. And my goal is in two years time to start having exhibitions around Devon. And our sincere thanks to Glyn Dewis. Of course, we will link to his website uh, other information and the YouTube channel, which you will find on the uh, Fujicast show page today. Right, um, Kev, are you ready? Should we? Should we? Should we do the book for this month? Let's do it. We do have uh, Sandra Catania Adorno. Yes, uh, second time mm. she was a guest, wasn't she? Remember? She was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the yeah, uh, podcast, yeah, a few. Yeah. I think was that during lockdown. Might have been. Can't remember. Well, her book came out during lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Her book did. did yes, yeah. I can't remember whether we spoke to her. Or no, we did. Yeah, because it all happened at the same time. Because she she's um, really sort of stacking all this together in the what you might call the the twilight years of her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a lovely interview. Mm. Um, so the the uh, they uh, she has sent me the, a copy of a pre-copy so it's available for pre-order now of her new book yeah. um and this one is called uh scarti di tempo do you know what scarti means in italian i don't you're going to tell me though it means scraps all right it so, sounds so much nicer uh, though in italian doesn't it scraps it, like everything scraps. sounds nicer in, Scott <laughs> in italian D it sounds yeah. so much nicer doesn't it in italian yeah. everything sounds nicer in italian absolutely yeah because spaghetti means chips no <laughs> that's nonsense <laughs> uh, right so um, while on on uh, press for her second book Agua de Oro which is one we did review before and spoke to her about Sandra Catania Adorno noticed the brightly coloured metal plates used to make test proofs ah, yeah. the plates called Scarti we go Italian for scraps showed her photographs as, um, as monochromes in shocking pink bright yellow royal blue and black evoking the spirit of Andy Warhol mm-hmm. Uh, a jolt of recognition cursed through her veins as Catania Adorno realised the curious way in which photography can be used to preserve and rearrange fragments of time. Um, when the pandemic brought the world to a standstill in March 2020, Catania Adorno noticed time began moving in strange ways, stretching endlessly into some unknown beyond, but if not preserved, disappearing from memory as though it never occurred. 
she began to feel as though she was accumulating scraps of time oh, layering upon itself. I see. Determined, yeah, and you see now, determined to give this experience a form, uh, Catania Adorno began traveling through the inner space of her imagination, delving through her archive. She began collaging otherwise unrelated images to create a series of new work that blurs the boundaries of reality and illusion as a metaphor for the mind. Mm. Um, so that's the blurb on the website and the book, the book, I have to say the book is beautiful. And so I would call this, I, I, uh, you know, we've had a few books where I've been reluctant to actually call them photo books. And this is probably one of them. I would say this is more mixed media, um, certain, definitely art. Um, and it's kind of a interpretation, as it says there in the blurb of, you know, the individuality that, uh, that Sandra is seeing in these pictures. It's absolutely phenomenally put together. Uh, it's got some leaf pages, fine leaf pages with uh, text where she describes her thought process in, in kind of creating these artworks. It's got pages that kind of fold in on themselves and everything. It's, it's you know, it's, it's a really beautifully structured um, book. And it's, you know, it's got pages that will fold out to, uh, well, just become huge mm. kind of triptychs and various things like that. But the actual images themselves are ones that you... You, you know, I find myself when I was looking at it uh, last week, I have to look at quite in quite some detail before I realize actually what it was. And then I, if I, the way that I was approaching it was looking at the images and then reading the, um, the context, if there is any for that particular image. But it's beautiful. And it is uh, Andy Warhol, the, the, um, uh, the reference to Andy Warhol makes sense because there are some uh, real kind of collages of clashes of colors and you know this this kind of riot of color red blues specifically greens and these purples as you mentioned that come through in the print in the um, plates you know as part as much as it is about these these kind of pieces of artwork i would say it's about as much about the uh the structure of the book and the narrative within it and the, the and by that i mean the the kind of text that she's written and often it's just very very simple quotes so for example this one here uh, mirror is light, remove its frame, and it grows like spilling water. Uh, it really is beautiful. Um, poetry, but like yeah. I say, it's poetry. It's, yeah, poetry. It's not something that you're going to pick up and, and think of as an inspiration book. You know, you're not going to pick this up and think, oh, yeah, well, you know, how am I going to, what am I going to do next for my project? I yeah. think specifically, Sandra is a very, very talented visionary, if you yeah. like. So she's putting these uh, these books together. Now, without any kind of prejudice, as I think you alluded to at the beginning, where, you know, kind of said she has, she makes no apologies and quite rightly that she's kind of come to photography late. And, and this time she's, it's gone beyond photography. It's become a, you know, really, really lovely piece of art. And I think this is, this is a coffee table book that you're going to pop that on your table. People are going to pick that up and they're going to think that is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, I loved the story that um, she only got into photography because uh, her daughter took her to a photography course. They both went together to do a sort of daughter mum thing. And then and she ended up being a, an international photographer. That's right. Yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful story. Sandra, you know, she has a lovely kind of, Mm. background uh and yeah she's just well she's doing what all of us want to do isn't she yeah. she's she's getting out there she's seeing something and she's making something from it i'm making a book <laughs> yeah making something tactile yeah. which is beautiful very beautiful indeed so it's available it's available when uh, July 2022. I'm sure it will be available in all of the online places, but you can pre-order it right now. Radiusbooks.org, sixty US dollars. And we will have a link for it, of course, on the on the show page. So we will. Uh, you can get a signed version. Oh, can you? Hi. Presumably only while there's pre-orders. All oh, right. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's a really beautiful book. Okay. Um, back to your questions. Um, was it your turn or mine, Kev? Yours. This Definitely. is from Ross Adams. 
Uh, Dear Kevin Neal, thank you for an invaluable source of info. I moved to Copenhagen from Cornwall to be close to my my sins, my sins, my sons, he says. (laughs) Damn you, spell check. Uh, It's a tricky culture to integrate with, but thanks to your show, I discovered the 100 Strangers Project, which has become a social passport, and it's helped an introvert to connect with new people, both native and international. It must be very hard, mustn't it, moving to a new country and having to sort of navigate that, sort of connecting with people all over. I have an XE2 and a Fujinon 35mm. I'm currently saving for a wider-angle lens and will use them for uh, sound-stroke photo projects, which will be focused on a... What's this? In Java, which will be focused on a Gameland Master Builder, as well as the 100 Strangers Project. Kev, he's speaking your language now. What, um, Master Builder? The, ja- the Java thing. Oh, Java, the development language. Mm. Sorry. Yes, I thought you meant Java the place. No, no, Kev. So that's a nice place to go. Uh, yes, Java, yes. Yeah. Could you share your thoughts anywhere on the 23F2 and 27F28? Because I'm deciding between them. Which should I have? Best wishes, Ross. Well, you'd, you'd probably would, just say go for an 18. <laughs> yeah, I would say 23 uh, if there was a choice. The 27 has its place. It's a nice little pancake lens, and it's very small. Um, doesn't have an aperture ring. Uh, I would still go twenty-three. Would you? I think just on the on the balance of things. Yeah. Okay. You can always take one step back. Right, yours from from it's Facebook from the book from the from the book of face from the book of face. Right, okay. So we have. Well, here we go. This is an interesting. It's similar to the the point we had earlier, and this is. Uh, I was also Andy Stonia. Oh, blimey, greedy Andy. Uh, discussion point, really. <laughs> Should have put that in front of the last one. James yeah. O'Brien on LBC. James O'Brien. Oh, one of my favourite, or the yeah. my, my favourite broadcasters. LBC today was discussing the ONS figures. ONS, for those who don't know, is the Office of uh, National, Office National Statistics, <laughs> where my mum and my sister and my niece. Do they uh, worked or work? My mum worked there. Work. It was called the um, BSO in those days. Oh, is it? Right. British Statistics Office. But yeah, yeah my sister and my, my uh, niece. Right. Uh, that anyway ONS figures for the decline in marriages and being the lowest since records began (laughs) um so with fewer weddings and seemingly more photographers what is the future and there was a couple of people who jumped in um onto that post what do they say i'd be interested yeah that's why i thought it was worth picking it up james souls who we spoke about earlier he said uh i just listened to this and i'm already thinking about how to diversify a little more steve vaughan I'd add to that, with inflation at a 40-year high and discretionary spending for households getting squeezed, we will see less and or lower cost weddings as a result. So, yeah, I, ultimately, you're always going to have rich people, aren't you, who are going to spend more money. You know, the world is the world is geared that way, unfortunately, all around the world, not just in this world, in this country. But, yeah. you know, sadly, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, um, and that, that margin gets squeezed everywhere. Am I worried about it? No. Are you worried about it, Neil? No, no, but then I'm having these conversations with the sort of venues I go to that are all saying we've got 200 weddings a year. And and I did go through, well, that's the COVID sort of, and then no, 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 we've got 200 next year. Most of those are brand new bookings. I just, uh, weddings are happening. Um, and I do think quality, if, you, if you're a good quality wedding photographer with a fair price and you market well, business will come to you. I'm. I'm not into yeah. the. I'm, I can't get into the catastrophizing stage yet. No, and I'm yeah, listening. I'm li- I, 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 I do get what Steve's saying, but I, I'm kind of thinking. Oh, just. 
I don't know if I can sit on the on the seat of doom and gloom because I, I after the last two years I just I don't know is it a bit head and sank? Well, I think this this comes up and around all the time, doesn't it? I mean, I set my business up and you you set yours up and rode through the last proper depression. I'm going to say, didn't know, recession. it wasn't a depression; it was a recession. recession. But it, it was a nasty recession, and we yeah. we both set up in 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 that time. Yeah, and you know I. As I said, I did speak to that venue who said that, yeah, people are definitely trying to cut back a little bit. Yeah. But for everybody who does cut back, there's going to be people who don't need to cut back, mm. you know, and, and I think you're spot on there, Neil. You know, if you're, you've essentially got a market at the people that you need, you want, and that yeah. does ultimately come down to, you know, fair pricing and service and all of that stuff, I think. By the way, there, I mean, when you say more wedding photographers, I hear people saying that they're leaving. I would say there's probably less now. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I know I know in some groups that I'm in that there's been a lot of people who not just did not survive, their business did not survive the pandemic, but actually, you know, they got through the pandemic and they thought, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Same, um, same for Pi. Know, I know of two or three, I don't want to say the names in case they wouldn't want me to, but two or three reasonably well-heeled uh, portrait photographers have said, what? My heart's not in it anymore. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think they're probably on a balance. There probably is less, maybe the same as before. I don't think that there's there's particularly more mm. wedding photographers out there. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, these things come and go, don't they? You know, it's, it's inflation. Um, I think you know when it comes to the inflation stuff. The, the last thing I'm worrying about, well, it is a little worry, but the last thing I'm worrying about that is is that is more about when my mortgage comes up for renewal next year. <laughs> the mortgage rates be at. I've been on a great rate for the last. Well, a lot, all of us have been on a great rate for the last five years. Yeah. It'll be like, yes, your mortgage payments are six times more than they used to be. Okay, yeah. well. Um, I, we have a question here from Will Collin, which has been languishing and it's been sort of in the email box for so long, it's sort of started playing games going up and down the order. So, Will, I'm so sorry about this, but I think you'd sent in the question a few times, particularly when we said there's uh, no more unanswered questions in the email box and there was Will's just waiting to be read. What was it titled? XC versus uh, XC versus XF lenses. Do you remember that question? Yeah, yeah. XC, XC versus XF lenses, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, the one editing, how much is too much? Well, first, let's take XC versus XF lenses. What would you buy, Kev? XE are the kind of cheaper plastic ones. Perfectly good if you're, uh, you know, kind of not a professional photographer and you're on a budget. They will be perfectly good for you. Yep. But for me, I would go for the XF, weather sealed and stronger and all that uh, stuff. And on editing, how much is too much? Which is a very good question, Will, actually, because um, I, I, I do see a, a lot of uh, overly processed stuff almost heading back towards the, this high def look i don't know really ultimately it's up to you isn't it mm. you edit it until you're happy with it i guess and and if people stop buying it then you've probably done it a bit too much there's some of the new lightroom features which are fantastic by the way i mean the, that that ability now to pull just the sky out and it does all the masking pretty mm. well it's not it's not fantastic when you've got very intricate branches and and Sometimes you know around the leaves, it's not it's not easy. I mean, for heaven's sakes, it's doing an amazing job as it is, but that that's enabled people to get really moody with their skies, which doesn't always work because you notice around the roofs and the and the trees, uh, there's there's you know the artifacts of where it hasn't really worked. So you have to be a little bit careful. I still think subtlety is important. Just because you can now mask a sky at the touch of a button doesn't mean you need to make it look really dramatic. 
necessarily. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, uh, be careful that, of that, that stuff like happen. that. Yeah, and, and colouring skies. Yeah, but ultimately, isn't it? It's, it's everything subjective, isn't it? It know? is. But yeah, I agree with you about the skies and everything, of course. But, mm. but you know, some people like that yeah. very kind of Instagrammy, filtery type look. Yeah, Some yeah. people don't. Thank you, Will. I think we've got time for one more, Kev. One more. And then we're on the live show, and I'm saving some of these for the live shows. Um, although we're going to be going to the floor quite a lot, aren't we? So- we will be, yeah. So bring your questions. Those who are coming, bring your questions with you. Yeah. Um, is it my question then? Yeah, it's the, it's, it's the last one, Kev. Okay. Ben <laughs> Wagner. M. Wagner. Ben Wagner. N. Ben. N. For, ben. For, for who? Neville. What? I don't know. N. Wagner. Ben Wagner. Well, let's not fall out over his name. Ben Wagner. Well, who's Neville? I don't know. What does the N stand for? I never said N. I thought you did. No, I said Ben. Oh, Ben. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, I tell you what, I'm going to have real trouble at our party after party next week. I tell you you why, because when I go to a pub now, I don't know, has this happened a sudden, I don't know, maybe Kev, you're, you're a few, I've got a few years on you, not many, but a few years, but I have noticed over the last maybe year or and a bit that in a pub now, I, I just, and you, if if we go to the pub next week and you're looking at me and I don't appear to be answering you, it's because I just can't hear you. Really? Because yeah. I'm not able to focus on the shouting coming toward me. I'm I just everything's now a mush. That's not very good for somebody who's in toward you like you. <laughs> well, that's why I wear my headphones progressively louder. Uh, anyway, Ben Wagner, yes. not not Neville, not in, but Ben. Does he have a brother called Neville? Then where did Neville come in? Neville Wagner. <laughs> this year, I've decided to get into photo film game yes. as it's not something I've seen offered by other wedding photographers in my area. Good. I love it when they refer to it as a game. <laughs> I've, I've decided to get into the photo film game. I tell you what, it's not a game. <laughs> take you ages and i think it could be a differentiator for me in yes. my market yes. i have a background in both audio and video production so i'm curious as to how you two edit your photo films is it a matter of culling the finished jpegs and dumping them into premiere and adding sound do you have a template you use how do you do this efficiently i'll leave that one up to you because well, you do a far better you, job of it than i do well we both do it in a slightly different way i i do put um the sound on a timeline i yes i use premiere by the way um other editing systems are available and just as good i'm sure i usually start with the sound actually i used to start with the music put the music soundtrack down and then start to weave in the uh, the, the the audio that i've cut taking about i don't know 15 20 seconds sometimes a little bit longer excerpts from the the different speakers and then i work in the pictures above it that's the that's the workflow that i have music speech and uh, pictures above but it's a long-winded thing kev i mean every single image that's put in has to match to the beat of the music and mm. so and that's a manual process for me and using the it's the n key isn't it so you can actually move the mm. edit point around um then sometimes you have to readjust it a little bit as you're going along so it does uh, i i reckon the first one will take you a couple of days then after a while you'll be at about a day for a photo film yeah that sounds about right similar to me basically when i'm doing those kind of photo films i mean in most cases for my wedding clients now i just do it pick time does it all for me but uh if i'm doing a kind of promotional one or something like that i'll use premiere I don't do them in the same way that I don't have the recorded audio and all that. Well, yeah, it's a di- different thing. You're you're, different. you're essentially doing a supercharged um, slideshow in some, not yeah. to sound rude, but but that's yeah. but specifically when you're doing your oh, those brilliant ones you do, Kev, where it goes fast motion. What's it called? What do you are they your photo films as well? Do you call those photo films? Yeah, stop, stop I, motion ones. I, I just call everything a photo film. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> one even one one picture, one, one, one size fits all. 
<laughs> well, good luck. I mean, yes, you are right. It's, um, I, I think, you know, there, there are, what's that equation of effort equals something times something equals loads quadruple. of money? Yeah, quadruple. Quadruple. <laughs> quadruple every, all your effort equals yeah. H. Yeah, absolutely. No, H. No. <laughs> um, yeah, what you put in, you get out, basically. Yeah. But it does, it does take a while to do that kind of thing. Um, but if you if you get into the photofilm game as you're calling it, um, then uh, you, yeah, you will you'll 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 stick out in the, um, in the in the crowded marketplace as you as you call it. And that's it yep. for this week. Um, thank you to our guest Glyn Dewis and Sandra Catani Aldano. We we will have the book details on the show page so you can go and pre-order. It's nice actually if you get a signed one, isn't it? Mm, absolutely yeah beautiful if you want to send your questions in by uh, Facebook Kev how do we do that fill us in go to the Fujicast Facebook group uh, which currently has 2.6 thousand members wow. all of whom are very very nice we're all on first name terms um, and yeah there's a thread pinned to the top it's called questions for the show thread yep um, and if you want to email them in then you can send them to click at fujicast.co Dot UK. Now, we look forward to seeing you next week. Remind us, uh, I know not everybody's coming, so just a little bit of housekeeping here. What time do we start? The photo walk is, is where we start, isn't it? And that, that start, you said about 11 o'clock, yeah? Yeah, I, I will be sending an email out to everybody because it may be, it may be, I don't know, we might have to stagger it or so. I don't know. I, I will yeah. be sending an email out because, of course, because it's free, we don't know how many people will actually turn up, you know, because you don't, there's no kind of financial investment so no. people may just wake up in the morning and go, ah, I don't fancy it. It's raining. It's raining. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But yes, um, I will send an email out to all of those who are registered, of which there are still registrations available. And if you're coming, we look forward to seeing you. Thank you um, to Blue Wednesday uh, for our music, supporting music from the incredible artlist.io. And we will see you next month. Bye bye. Bye-bye. The FujiCast is an independent Loading Zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.